Welcome to the sermon podcast of Southside Baptist Church, a body of Christ located in beautiful Norman Park, Georgia. We are so glad you chose to listen in today. It's our prayer you would find the message of Jesus Christ compelling and uplifting, and that your life would be changing continually from hearing the Word of God. If you would like more information about our church or would like more digital content, please feel free to check us out on the web at southsidenp.org. And now for today's message. It was in 1914 that then setting president Woodrow Wilson made the second Sunday of May a national holiday. And we know that national holiday today as Mother's Day. Now, this was obviously a great thing. We need to celebrate our mothers. We need to lift our mothers up. Our mothers do great things for each and every one of us. But I often argue, what about the other 365 days out of the year? Or 64 days out of the year. 365 if you count leap year. What about the rest of the year? Mothers should be celebrated then as well. We need to celebrate moms each and every day. I mean, when you think about it, I mean, if you're a mother in here, from the moment that you wake in the morning to the moment you crash at the end of a very stressful and trying day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, your identity is wrapped up in three little life-affirming letters. M-O-M. Mom. Mothers, you you can't get away from those letters. You can't avoid those letters and not that you would want to avoid them. Moms don't take sick days. Moms don't take vacation days. Moms can't just say this, you know, I think I'll go and I'm going to lay down and I'm going to uh, lay down for a bit and try to imagine that I'm not a mom. It doesn't work that way. The fact is, moms wonder if their kids and maybe even their husbands or maybe even anybody that knows them know them by any other name than mom. In fact, I, I, every time, it never fails. But every time that the phone rings, my phone doesn't ring. Her phone rings when my boys are calling. They always call their mom. They always call their mom. It doesn't work that way, moms. Those of you who are moms and those of you who will be moms in the future, you're always going to be identified by those three letters, M-O-M. Now, up until this point, Hannah's identity was anything other than mom. She wasn't identified by those three letters. In fact, Hannah's identity was one of shame. It was one of bitterness. It was one of abuse. It was one of distress and weeping. Up until this point, Hannah was not able to have children. Hannah was barren. God had closed her womb. And year after year after year, Hannah faced this reality. And year after year after year, she faced the shame. She faced the abuse. She faced the distress. And she faced the weeping over and over and over again. But that was soon going to change. Hannah was indeed going to have a child. And it wasn't just any ordinary child. Samuel was not an ordinary child. Samuel was a prophet. He was a priest of God. He did great things for the Lord. But Hannah's identity at that point would no longer be one of shame. It would no longer be one of distress and abuse and weeping. 
Hannah would indeed also be identified by those three simple yet life-affirming words and letters. M-O-M. We see several lessons from Hannah this morning as we walk through the passage of Scripture this morning. So the point this morning is this. Hannah expected. Hannah expected God to provide for her every need. And indeed he did. And I'll ask you moms, do you expect God to provide for your every need this morning? And so for us, the challenge is for us. We should always expect God to provide. We should always expect God to provide for our every need. Now understand, I didn't say our every want. I said our every need. And God knows best what you and I need. So this morning on this Mother's Day in 2021, I want to focus on three lessons. Three lessons we can learn from Hannah about motherhood this morning. We're going to see something about her attitude. We're going to see something about her trust. And we're going to see something about her commitment. Now, if you have your bulletin, you can follow along in your outline there as well. Number one this morning, our first lesson from Hannah this morning is Hannah's attitude of prayer and dependence on the Lord. Her attitude of prayer and dependence on the Lord. Now, first, before we get into Scripture, I want to make sure we understand the context that we're dealing with. Year after year, the Israelite men would take their families... And they would attend three annual feasts at the central sanctuary there in Shiloh. They would gather their families and they would make the trek to Shiloh for their celebrations. We see that in verse 3 of our scripture this morning. The family of Elkanah. Elkanah had two wives. Hannah was his first wife and then Penina was his second wife. And there was a marked difference between the two. Hannah was barren. Hannah could not have children. But Penina... She was very fertile. She had many children for Elkanah. In fact, they believe and most scholars believe that that Elkanah had married Penina for that very fact because she could bear him children. Now, being barren carried much social stigma in ancient times, certainly much more than it does today. Children were considered a, a, a clear sign of God's blessing. So if you were barren... Then it meant that God had closed your womb. It meant that there may be judgment that had come upon you. It meant that you could not, as a mother, as a woman, you could not continue to do God's given purpose for your life. And that was to have children. Also, the lack of an heir. It was a major problem because it did not continue the family line. The, 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 as they had children, particularly the men in that group, the boys in that group, they would help with the father. They would do the things that the dad would do. They would help and they would continue that family line. So to be barren in the first century was considered basically a curse. A curse from the Lord. Maybe they had done something to warrant God's judgment on their lives. But the fact that Hannah was barren... Well, if that wasn't bad enough, what Penina did to Hannah was probably even worse. The contention that was created between the two women was even more of a problem. As year after year after year, Penina, Elkanah's second wife, she was a constant reminder of, El, of Hannah's barrenness. 
She constantly reminded her that you cannot have children. She constantly reminded her of the curse that God may have put upon her. She constantly reminded her that she could not have children. First Samuel, verse one, chapter six, we see that. And her rival used to provoke her grievously to irritate her. Because the Lord had closed her womb. Penina made Hannah realize over and over and over and over consistently year after year after year. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine the emotional toll that that would have put on Hannah? The shame, the constant shame, the constant distress, the constant pain and the constant suffering, understanding that I will not bear children. Hannah could have given up. She could have thrown in the towel at that point. Hannah could have lashed out at her her rival. Moms, when you find yourself in situations, you have the opportunity to quit. You have the opportunity to throw in the towel. But what will you do? Well, we see what Hannah did. Hannah did none of the above. Hannah didn't quit. Hannah didn't throw in the towel. In fact, Hannah knew where she would turn. In fact, Hannah knew to whom she would turn. Hannah turned to her only hope. Hannah knew that her only hope was the Lord. And she cries out to God. Hannah turned to the Lord. She turned to the Lord in prayer. And not only prayer, but dependence on God. So notice three things about Hannah's prayer. Notice the intensity of Hannah's prayer. Look at verses 10 and 12 through 16. It says, she was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. Verse 12, and as she continued praying before the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was speaking in her heart. Only her lips moved and her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli took her to be a drunken woman. And Eli said to her, how long will you go on being drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered. Notice what Hannah answered. No, my Lord, I am a woman troubled in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring out my spirit before the Lord. Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman, for all along I have been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation. Hannah was deeply distressed. She was concerned. She wept bitterly. To weep bitterly, it means weeping beyond the point of being consoled. Imagine a woman, imagine anybody, have you ever felt that way? You've wept beyond the point of being consoled. No words will console you. Your best friend will not be able to console you. And Hannah has found herself in this situation. The grief and the humiliation of being barren and not being able to have children. This was a heartfelt prayer as well. Notice in verse 14, Hannah's prayer was so intense that Eli, the priest, thought she was drunk. And when you understand prayer, public prayer was usually voiced verbally. In ancient times. So Eli looks at Hannah and she sees, he sees Hannah. There's no visible words coming out of Hannah's mouth. Hannah's praying in her heart, but her lips are moving. That tells us that Hannah, it was, her prayer was just deep with every fiber of her being. Hannah was crying out to the Lord. Praying to God. With everything she had. Her great anxiety, 
All the vexation had finally come possibly to a head at that moment. And Hannah turns to God. She turns to the Lord. Moms, I'll ask you this morning. Are you praying with every fiber of your being? Are you crying out to the Lord? Is the first place you turn is to the first place you turn to your husband or to the Lord? Your best friend or to the Lord? Hannah turned to the Lord. She knew nobody could help her but the Lord. But notice something else about Hannah's prayer. Hannah's prayer was very specific. It was very specific. We see the request of Hannah's prayer, but we also see the promise. Notice who the object of her request was. In verse 11, in verse 11, the Bible says this. Hannah says, she was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of Hosts. Had it in say, oh, Elkanah. She said, oh, Lord of hosts. She had turned to God. The object of her request was the Lord in her distress. Hannah understood God was her only hope. Hannah understood that she was powerless to correct her own situation. Hannah understood who God was. Year after year, her husband had carried her to the, the to Shiloh to worship And praise God. Year after year she had heard prayer after prayer after prayer. Year after year she had seen God do miracles and do miraculous things with the people of Israel. She knew who God was. She knew that God was her only hope. But notice the specifics of Hannah's request as well. Hannah prayed for God to give her a son. Hannah desperately wanted a son. Moms, I wonder how specific are you in your prayers? How specific are you? Do you pray for your kids specifically? Do you pray that your your daughters are going to marry a, a godly man? Do you pray that your sons are going to marry a godly woman? How specific are you in your prayers? Notice the promise. And listen, this is this is huge. The son that Hannah prayed for. In verse 11, she desperately asked the Lord for, but just notice what she says in verse 11. She says, and she vowed a vow and said, oh, Lord, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son, then what does Hannah do? She says, I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall touch his head. Can you imagine that? This mom that is woman that has prayed year after year after year for a son. Year after year after year for a child to raise. She says, Lord, if you give me this son, listen, I'm going to give him right back to you. This wasn't a temporary thing. She says all the days of his life, all the days of his life. The Nazarite vow that, 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 that no razor shall touch his head, it was kind of a reference to the Nazarite vow. Usually in the Nazarite vow, however, it was only done for a period of time. So they would do the Nazarite vow and then they would be done with the Nazarite vow. But notice the contrast here. Hannah says, all the days of his life. Lord, I will give him back to you all the days of his life. If you'll give me a son. Here's this desperate woman crying out to her only hope. She cries out to the Lord, crying out. Her desire was for a son. And all the while knowing, 
knowing that when God indeed give her a when would indeed give her a son, she would turn around and give him right back to the Lord. But also Hannah prayed with complete dependence. Complete dependence in verse 18. We see that dependence. And she said, Lord, your servant, find favor in your eyes. Then the woman went her way and ate. And her face was no longer sad. Hannah went from bitterness. She went from distress to a face that was understood, to a face that was settled. Hannah was settled. She understood. And and what Hannah understood was this. Either way, God, either way, if you don't give me a son or if you do give me a son, I'm settled either way. I'm settled either way. After her interaction there, Eli blesses Hannah. He says, yes, let may the Lord shine on you. May the Lord give you what you want. Hannah was certain. Why was Hannah so certain? Because she knew God would provide. She was dependent upon the Lord. She understood that God was her only hope. Abraham Lincoln is quoted as saying this. I remember my mother's prayers and they have always followed me. They have clung to me all of my life. Psalms 81.10 says, I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Hannah understood that about the Lord. The number one relationship, mom, that you need to have is a relationship with the Lord first. The number one weapon, mom, that you have against this world. The number one weapon that you have against the powers of this world is prayer. Prayer. And we bow our heads and bow the knee in complete humility to God. And we pour out our hearts to Him in prayer and with complete dependence, knowing what? Knowing, church, that God will provide. Moms, God will provide. Mom, let me encourage you this morning to have an attitude of prayer. To have an attitude of complete dependence on the Lord. You and your family both will benefit tremendously. But not only that. There's a second lesson we can learn from Hannah this morning. Hannah trusted in the supernatural provision of the Lord. Look at verse 19 and 20. They rose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord. Then they went back to their house in Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife. And the Lord remembered her. And in due time, Hannah conceived and bore a son. And she called his name Samuel. For she said, I have asked for him from the Lord. Provision there, it means an act of providing something or an act of supplying something. This was no just some ordinary something. This was the son that Hannah had prayed for, that Hannah had knew that the Lord would provide. He did indeed provide. This was no ordinary young man. This was Samuel, the prophet, the priest. Hannah realized, she realized that only God could provide what she was asking. God was Hannah's only hope. It was God who had closed her womb. And it was God who would eventually open that womb back up. Can I remind you this morning, church, that God is always listening. 
In fact, God loves to hear the prayers of His children. God wants to hear the prayers of His children. God wants to hear us crying out to Him because when we cry out to God, what does that mean? We are dependent upon Him. When we don't pray, when we don't cry out to God, listen, we depend upon ourselves. We say, God, we don't need You. But God is always listening. God is never too busy to hear. Notice something else about this. Hannah went on with her life. Hannah left that time there at Shiloh. She left and she went on with her life. She didn't sit around and stew about the matter. She didn't sit around and worry about the matter. Again, she was settled. She understood that God would provide. She didn't sit around and wonder, God, will you provide? She didn't sit around and do any of that stuff. Hannah left. She went home like she always did. She went home settled this time. She went home understanding that, you know, God's going to provide. Either way, God is going to provide. Hannah simply trusted that God would eventually provide her with a son. And indeed, God did. She bore a son and she named him Samuel. I want you to consider something this morning. Hannah was abused. In Hannah's abuse, it led her to pray. And in her prayer, it led to Samuel. Samuel anointed David. The Davidic line brought us Jesus. Christ brought us salvation. Salvation. All because of a praying mom. All because of a mom who was dependent upon the Lord. Moms, imagine what you could do. Supernatural provision indeed. But notice that was an additional thing. Look over at chapter 2, verse 21. Chapter 2, verse 21. It says this. Indeed, the Lord visited Hannah. And what does it say? And she conceived and bore three sons and two daughters. God continued to open Hannah's womb. And the young man, Samuel, grew in the presence of the Lord. God continued to bless this mom, this praying mom, this mom who was this dependent mom, this mom who trusted in the supernatural provisions of the Lord. I wonder if Hannah recalled the story she had heard about the Israelites when they wandered uh, in the desert for 40 years and, and all those other things. I wonder if she recalled any of those stories. Consider this this morning. Consider the supernatural provisions of God. The Bible says that they crossed the Red Sea in one night. If they crossed side by side in pairs of two, they would have formed a line over 700 miles long and it would have taken them 35 days and nights to cross. To get that many people across in one night, they would have had to march 5,000 people side by side, which would have required God to open a path in the Red Sea three miles wide. Supernatural provisions indeed, church. Once across, a crowd that big would require a camping area of 750 square miles. That's equivalent to the size of New York City. 
It will require 1,500 tons of food per day to keep them from starving. To provide that much food, it would have taken two freight trains, each one mile long, to haul in the daily food supply. That was daily food supply. If you figured one quail to each family of five, it would have required around 750,000 quail each morning. There would have to have been around two million gallons of manna that fell to the ground each morning. Yet none of those challenges were too big for the Lord. This is the Lord that Hannah trusted in. This is the supernatural provision that Hannah trusted in. And can I tell you this morning, church, that's the supernatural provision that you and I can trust in as well. And that's the same Lord that you and I can trust in. Jeremiah thirty-two twenty-seven. it says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? That's our God. God is more than willing. He's more than capable to provide for the needs of those who put their complete faith in him. A wise mom, a wise mom puts her complete trust and her complete faith in the supernatural provisions of the Lord. And in addition, in addition, mom, she teaches her children to do the same. Mom, let me encourage you again this morning. I want you to trust in the provisions of the Lord. He will provide for you and he will provide for your family's every need. And that brings us to our final lesson that we can learn from Hannah this morning on motherhood. Hannah honored. Hannah honored the commitment that she had made to the Lord. The commitment that she had made to the Lord. Starting in verse 24. Look with me. And it says, And when she had weaned him, which is usually around two or four years old, she took him with her along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour, and a skin of wine, and she brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh, and the child was young. Then they slaughtered the bull, and they brought the child to Eli. And she said, Oh, my Lord, as you live, my Lord, I am a woman who was standing here in your presence, praying to the Lord for this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition that I made to him. Therefore, I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is lent to the Lord. Hannah honored the commitment that she had made to the Lord. Think about the commitments that we often make. How often do we honor our commitments? We may say, God, if you'll just get me through this difficult situation, I'll do this, 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 and this. God, if you'll heal this disease, this dreaded disease that I'm dealing with, Lord, I'll, I'll do this, 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 and this. Hannah could have said the same thing. Lord, if you'll just have me, if you'll just give me a son, I'll do this, 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 and this. Hannah was specific. She said, Lord, if you'll give me a son, I'll give him right back to you for all the days of his life. Again, may I remind you that Hannah had been without a child. Hannah had been barren for years. We see the same thing with Sarah. Remember Sarah? Hannah had been barren for years. And this mom, now a mom, had 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 this child. She had had Samuel probably for two to four years, whatever whatever the, the weaning process and the time took place. And yet she 
turns him right back over to the Lord. She honors her commitments. She knew exactly what she was asking God for. She knew exactly that God would take care of her. She knew exactly what would be required of her when she made the commitment that she made. Again, this woman, she was desperate for a son. She prayed with faith that God would give her a son. And God indeed gave her a son. He gave her Samuel. Imagine it, moms. Think about this. Think about that moment that you received that son that you've prayed so many years to have. And think about the moment that you go to the temple. And on your way to the temple, on that journey to the temple, you're thinking all along, man, I'm going to give my son away. The son that I've prayed so much for, the son that I knew that God would give, I'm going to give him away. The mom that had prayed to become a mom, that had prayed to have a child, was going to be again childless. She was going to give her son back to God. But Hannah honored her commitment. Hannah knew that Samuel would have no normal childhood. He knew that Samuel wouldn't play games like the other kids would play. He knew that she knew that Samuel wouldn't have the opportunity to just hang out with the other kids. She knew that Samuel was going to miss all those things about childhood that all the kids would enjoy. Yet she honored her promise. She honored her commitment to the Lord. Hannah knew the rigors of serving God. She knew that. She knew the rigors of of serving. She knew that the training under the leadership of Eli would be rigorous. It would be difficult. Yet Hannah honored her commitment to the Lord. Hannah made that commitment to God. She made that commitment. She dedicated her son. The son that the Lord had provided. She gave him right back to the Lord. Think about that from a, another point of view. Everything that you and I have, God has allowed us to have. The children that you and I have, those of us who are parents, God has allowed us to have those children. God has seen fit for us to have those children. So really, they're God's. They're God's. They belong to God. Everything we have belongs to God. So consider this one more time. Hannah was abused. Her abuse led to what? It led to prayer. Her prayer led to what? It led to Samuel. Having Samuel, Hannah honored her commitment. When Hannah honored her commitment, Samuel anointed David. When Samuel anointed David, the Davidic line brought us Christ. And when Christ came, Christ brought you and I the opportunity for salvation. All this because a mother who honored her commitment that she had made to the Lord. Numbers 31 and 2 says this. This is what the Lord has commanded. If a man vows a vow to the Lord and swears an oath to bind himself by the pledge... He shall not break his word. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. Moms, one of the greatest gifts that you can give to your children is to dedicate them to the Lord. Give them back 
to God. He's allowed you to have him. He's given him to you. Give him back to him. Along with dedicating your child to the Lord comes honoring your commitments. Whatever those commitments might be or however difficult it might be. Maybe your child is feeling a call to go to the foreign mission field. As difficult as that commitment might be, turn him over to God because he's in better hands with the Lord than he is with us. Turn him over to God. A mother who honors her commitments exhibits good character and integrity. And in turn, her children benefit from that example set by their mother. So moms, this morning, let me encourage you to first and foremost, be committed to the Lord in your life. Be committed to the Lord in your life. You've committed to raise your child in the way that they should go. And I encourage you to honor that commitment. Honor that commitment. So as we close this morning, moms, my prayer this morning, first and foremost, is for you as an individual. I pray that you, mom, are a child of God. I pray that you, mom, have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as personal Lord and Savior. The greatest gift that a mom could ever give their children is to be a child of God. So mom, if you haven't made that decision, listen, today is the day. The time of salvation is now, the Bible says. So I encourage you to make that decision today. Moms, I encourage you to be a mom of prayer. Those of you who have put your faith and trust in Christ, be a mom of prayer. Fervent prayer. Turn to God always, trusting in Him to provide for your every need and the every needs of your children and your family. Moms, I encourage you to put your life in the lives of your children. Put them in the hands of God. Those of you that have kids that are getting ready to move away, Move on to college. Listen, God gave us those kids to raise to a point, And then we turn them over to Him. <laughs> turn them over to Him. Let them go. Let them go. Let them do what God has called them to do. He's more than capable to take care of our children. He's more than capable to take care of us. And moms, I encourage you to follow the example of Hannah. Be a mom of true character. Be a mom of great integrity. Honor your vows to God. Be the example your children will learn from. President Theodore Roosevelt was quoted as saying this, When all is said, it is the mother who does her part in rearing and training the boys and girls who are to be men and women of the next generation. It is she who is a, a greater use to the community and occupies uh, the community and occupies, if she would only realize it, a more honorable as well as more important position than any man in it. She is more important by far than the successful statesman or businessman or artist or scientist. Mom, let me encourage you this morning to be a mom of prayer, to be a mom who is dependent upon the Lord, to be a mom who honors her commitments. To be a mom who rests in the supernatural provisions of the Lord. And church, may we be a church of prayer. May we be a church that's dependent upon the Lord. 
Maybe we'd be a church that's dependent upon the supernatural provisions of God. And may we be a church that honors the commitments that we've made to the Lord. Let's pray. Thanks again for listening today. We hope the word preached today would be used by God mightily as you go about your week. Again, if you would like more information about our church or would like more digital content, please feel free to check us out on the web at southsidenp.org. Have a blessed day and may God grant you grace this week to grow more into the likeness of Jesus. Thank you.